0: programs to make sure that um, we keep as many people in jobs as possible, and then we see what happens. So I don't think you're going to see a massive you know, recovery in GDP growth, but I think at this point, the government's saying that's not the point. It's much more about sort of stable, manageable recovery.
1: Ben, thanks very much indeed. That's Ben Cavender, Principal at the China Market Research Group up in Shanghai. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. In the markets this morning, down in Australia, the SX200 is off about 1% over in Japan. The Nikkei 225 is rising. It's up about 0.8%. Similar story for the Cosby in South Korea, also up 0.8% at the moment. It looks like the Hang Seng is going to add on uh, maybe about 250 points or so now at the open. That's over 1%. And in the commodities markets, Brent crude oil uh, is trading at $37.61 a barrel. Oil, uh, sorry, gold is at $1,736 an ounce. And the US dollar pretty stable this morning at 107.8 against the Japanese yen. Thank you very much for listening this morning. Hugh Chiverton and Mike Rouse are up with back chat after the news. The weather forecast, hot with sunny periods and a few showers, isolated thunderstorms in the morning. Maximum temperature of about 32 degrees. And the outlook is for it to be hot with sunny periods or one or two showers hours in the next couple of days. The temperature right now is 30 degrees and it's 80% relative humidity. Take 31, here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news.
2: Manila is coming out of one of the world's longest and strictest coronavirus lockdowns, but certain restrictions will remain. Businesses and shops in the Philippine capital are allowed to reopen and most public transport will start to run again. But schools, tourist sites and dine in restaurants will remain closed while the elderly and young children aren't yet allowed to leave home. Donald Trump's national security adviser has denied there's institutional racism in the U.S. police after another night of widespread violence sparked by the killing of an unarmed black man. Robert O'Brien said there were a few bad apples, but most officers were heroes. The death of George Floyd in police custody in Minneapolis on Monday has prompted demonstrations, looting and clashes with police nationwide. The governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, said the incident again exposed a deep-rooted problem in the United States.
3: The real issue is the continuing racism in this country and it is chronic and it is endemic and it is institutional and it speaks to a collective hypocrisy we're very good in this country at telling other people how they should live their lives and how they should act how we we preach a high standard but we still discriminate on the basis of color of skin that is the simple painful truth
2: india's foreign ministry says it's expelling two pakistani officials from the country for spying they've been given 24 hours to leave here's the bbc's rory gallimore
4: in a brief statement india's foreign ministry gives no details of the pair's alleged crimes it accuses them only of indulging in espionage activities and behaving in a manner incompatible with their diplomatic status Pakistan has responded by criticising what it called the detention and torture of its officials. The men worked at the Pakistan High Commission in Delhi. Relations between the two countries have been poor for decades, largely because of a bitter dispute about the region of Kashmir, which both governments claim as their own. On Thursday, India returned a pigeon to a Pakistani fisherman in Kashmir after an investigation found the bird was not a spy.
2: The first American astronauts to travel on a commercially built craft have been welcomed on board the International Space Station. The two crew members, Doug Hurley and Bob Behnken, were greeted by a fellow NASA astronaut and two Russian cosmonauts. The docking, more than 400 kilometers above Earth, was the first by a U.S. spacecraft carrying crew members in nearly a decade. On arrival, Bob Behnken said it was good to be part of a new era of U.S. space exploration.
0: It's obviously been our honor to be just a small part of this. Uh, We have to give credit to SpaceX, the commercial crew program, and of course NASA. It's great to get the United States back in the uh, crewed launch business, and uh, we're just really glad to be on board this uh, magnificent complex.
2: You're listening to the news on RTHK.
4: Good morning and welcome to Bank Chat. I'm Hugh Chiwet and your co-host today is Mike Rouse. Mike, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. Latest developments in the controversy over the national security legislation today. Mainland state media took aim at the US government over the weekend as many many American cities were gripped by raging protests and clashes comparing the unrest with the pro-democracy movement in Hong Kong. Uh, What are your thoughts? You can leave a message on our Facebook page Bankchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us backchat at rthk.hk or call us on 233 88266. After 9 o'clock Elsie Lang, uh, Deputy Director of the Hong Kong Basic Law Committee, the former Secretary for Justice, uh, will be with us. If you want to uh, discuss things over uh, with her, then uh, give us a call. That's between 9 and 9.30, 233 uh, is the number, or email us uh, any questions that you want to put to uh, Elsie Lung, that's joining us she's joining us as I say after 9 o'clock this morning we're joined in this first part of the programme now by David Zweig who's the director of uh, Transnational China Consulting uh, Limited okay quite a lot of emails uh, over the uh, weekend so uh, some uh, will have to be longer ones will have to be uh, edited if, if you want to not be edited then the best thing to do is to write a, write a pithy comment Peter T who I uh, apologise for missing out last week um, uh, has an open letter to senior LegCo Democrats. Uh, Peter T says uh, to Messieurs Wu, uh, Dennis Kwok and Mok and Lady Colleagues, so far this year you've abrogated your responsibility to the people of Hong Kong by your chamber tactics and are slipping towards irrelevancy. There is slim chance of recovering the old vibrancy of the democratic movement. The basic law to which you have are uh, vouched loyal requires the SAR to enact Article 23, like it or not. So the initiative, so take the initiative and publicly announce in Leggo, your sincere willingness to work with the pro establishment members to bring this about this a requirement. No one says it will be easy, but success will be of inestimable value to Hong Kong. Failure to succeed will not be held against you, but if your sincerity is seen by the public, failure will be more damaging to the other side. Your major problem is not the other side, but the likely contrary behaviour of the stragglers in your camp, for whom grandstanding and loyalty to an impossible cause are the raison d'etre. Bon voyage, that's from Peter T. Andrew Kaye. Says of Ted Hoy, what a guy, a bag of rotting veggies, what inspired political theatre and all for the paltry sum of 100,000 a month. Worth every penny, he's my hero. Can't wait for the next instalment. Uh, who also says on civil disobedience, <clears throat> I hope our local politicians are watching events in American cities. This, uh, this is who they are inviting to interfere in Hong Kong, Really? Uh, And that's a common theme among uh, uh, quite a lot of other emails. Uh, Bob says, I wonder if you will have the nerve to make this your number one discussion point on Monday. That's uh, uh, about the riots in America. The hypocrisy coming out of the US right now needs to be challenged. I would love to see people like Claudia Moe and Tanya Chan coming on your programme and actually explaining how can it be that the US can be so critical of the Hong Kong government while their own government burns in flames. Uh, Richard III says, I was in Hong Kong in 1984 when the Hong Kong dollar became almost worthless overnight. Over the last weekend, we witnessed a similar phenomenon where many people traded their Hong Kong dollars for so-called harder currencies. and Many banks ran out of foreign currency. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Most people don't trust the CCP to, to protect them. Uh, No doubt the move to gold and overseas assets will continue. Uh, Larry says, I don't want to hijack your show, but I'm really distressed. The Pentagon is reportedly ordering the US Army to prepare its military police for Minneapolis protest duty. My country is on fire. I'm on the side of the American people, but not the regime that's mishandling the crisis with more oppression of African-Americans and issuing executive orders to escalate feuds with social media giants. African-Americans are already suffering from the impact of the pandemic, and they deserve better. Hong Kong police have managed to handle the unrest here reasonably well for over a year, and yet the police in the US have already shot seven protesters and killed one of them in Kentucky in just a couple of weeks. I am angry and sickened. Phil B says President Trump has once again failed in his duty. He's so concerned about his political future that he's neglected his own country. His shameful handling of the trade dispute with China, his gross mishandling of the pandemic, and now the homegrown riots, only show that his leadership uh, is weak. Sadly, in Hong Kong, we don't see political sides uniting to condemn similar scenes. The Democrats continue to fuel the protest and refuse to condemn violent behaviour. They are parasites of our society. Hopefully the new national security laws in the long run return Hong Kong to its prosperity and the Democrats can run with their tails between their legs. Uh, Andrew Kay again says US riots lost the political point in a few days and just degenerated into riots, looting and property destruction. Hong Kong heading into the black hole of civil disobedience. And uh, Martin says, with the subject line, I can't breathe. The National Guard has been deployed to Minneapolis and dozens of other cities. The Pentagon ordered the US Army to prepare for protest duty uh, deployment. To bring the situation under control, curfews were imposed on dozens of US cities. At the same time, President Trump labelled the protesters as thugs and called the protests organised riots. While in Hong Kong, rioters are glorified for months by the US government and international media. If seven people had been shot by the police in the space of a few hours in Hong Kong uh, the, and the Chinese PLA and PAP would have would have been deployed in Hong Kong the international media would have declared to be another Tiananmen and there would be rolling worldwide condemnation uh, will Marco Rubio condemn the US police brutality and social injustice or the Human Rights Watch or the European Union uh, Kenny says the irony won't be lost on Hong Kongers as we watch dozens of American cities in flames as protesters fight policemen and burn and loot the country. Uh, and yet the country's president spends an inordinate amount of his time fighting personal battles on Twitter, as well as criticising Hong Kong's police force for excessive force, even though they've not killed any citizens during over six months of riots, which were comprehensively more violent than the current unrest in the USA. Uh, uh, And Mr Pink says, I've got a few clips from Twitter here uh, depicting excessive police force against seemingly unthreatening protesters in America over the past couple of days. You can see cops beating unarmed, retreating protesters and police vehicles and even police horses ploughing into civilians. There are reports of journalists being arrested. And I'm referring to international broadcasters, not some teenagers with fake yellow... A journalist Fest and an iPhone. Uh, the thousands of misguided Hong Kong protesters who believe that America is the promised land should watch these videos. They might think twice before they wave their American flags. Alternatively, perhaps you, Hong Kong authorities can strike a deal with Washington to send our, our black clad thugs to the uh, US, a country where they can experience true. Police excessive force, a country whose president's anti-China vitriol has made the Chinese people a target for racist attacks, not only in the US, but in Europe also. Hong Kong protesters would soon learn the grass isn't always greener on the uh, other side. And finally, K says, do you find it hypocritical how the US complained about police brutality in Hong Kong? Yet now there are protests in Minneapolis. The police and National Guard are democratically beating the bejesus out of their citizens for exercising their freedom of speech. By protesting. That comes from Kay. Thank you very much indeed for your emails.
3: David, good morning.
0: <laughs> Guys, hi, how are you?
3: Well, we're fine. Uh, I especially enjoyed the sight of a, a protester in America waving a Chinese flag and oh. uh, encouraging <laughs> China to come and rescue the US. Um, right. US citizens. I, the contrast is a bit too much, isn't it?
0: Well, it's actually quite amazing. As I was listening, I mean, the timing is uh, remarkable. I mean, the the shoot, the number of deaths. I mean, this this plays so well for those people who support the, the sort of the the, repre- the suppression, let's say, of the dem you know the the opposition and democratic movement in Hong Kong. Um, because of the violent nature of of the movement that that's taken on you know peaceful protesters followed by violence and here you have similar thing in the united states where the you have peaceful protesters and then filtered within that and behind it is um uh, some people who are dedicated to to using violence and then how the state responds to it i mean it's it's remarkable
3: some of the pictures are quite alarming uh, people already subdued, lying on their front um, w- with their hands tied behind their back and then being savaged by a police dog.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, imagine imagine if uh, what had happened to um, Mr. Floyd uh, had happened in Hong Kong by a Hong Kong police officer who, four, let's say four or five Hong Kong police officers who held down a protester and, stra- and killed him. By by putting their knee on his neck on camera. You know, I mean, yeah, on camera. I mean, the uh, Hong Kong people would have gone just uh, ballistic. Uh, hmm. So this is, but you know, I mean, these are somewhat different situations as well. But the, but the the irony of it happening as as Hong Kongers and uh, are trying to come to terms and the world's trying to come to terms with the national security law and what's seen very much as uh, you know pressure, oppression, uh, suppression by China. He uh, have freedoms here, in Hong- uh, well, here, there in Hong Kong. Right. Uh, and what you see, the response of the United States and, and uh, Trump inviting uh, white, uh, you know, racist w- white people to come in and help him uh, in his battle against uh, protesters. And-, mm-hmm.
3: well, and when the looting starts, the shooting starts.
0: Right, well... You know, I mean, again, I, I was sort of surprised when I listened to people say, but that in fact, no, you know, that there, there are rumors, of course, uh, going around the Internet that some girl was drowned during the protest movement or stuff. But it, it's hard to remember that, in fact, nobody's been killed. Yes. Right. None of the protesters. Is that correct?
3: Uh, well, most people think so, um, although there are yes. many young people are convinced that there have been right. secret deaths that have all been covered up. Right,
0: I understand that. But 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 in terms of the real, what's official or what people really can can say for sure is that through all the violence that the police, I mean, this just makes the Hong Kong police look look not too bad relative <laughs> to. But then we've known that for a long time. You know, this is a country. The United States is a country that institutionalized lynching. You know, at least four thousand blacks were lynched after, you know, after they freed the slaves. Then you got the Jim Crow laws in the late right. uh, 19th century. And, and during the next, you know, the se- seg- segregation, I mean, the national security director can say that there's no institutional raci- racism, but, but I, I think Governor Cuomo is a lot more on target.
3: All right. he says, Have we have we laws wallowed laws. long enough in the bath of irony? Let, let, can we come back to the actual national security law itself?
0: Sure. Well, the whole thing about—I mean—is uh, it the national? What do you want to talk? What do you want me to talk about? Because I—I thought about some stuff that I really wanted to throw out in terms of U.S. China, and—and and the perspective. I mean, you can throw away. Yeah. You go Want to talk national security? That's fine. But I—I've been thinking a little bit uh, about U.S. China and national security law and China's perception of it uh, in the midst of this. Cold War battle, and that—that uh, that I've been thinking about more. But go ahead. No, no, no. no go,
4: what, what's question. on your mind? Yeah, tell us. This is another well, front.
0: Sure. Well, I mean, I thought what—I what sort of was thinking about. I started making notes, right? And and Mabubani, the the, uh, the Singaporean, right, the Singaporean diplomat, wrote this thing about uh, that it's gotten a lot of play about Hong Kong being a pawn in the Sino-U.S. Uh, a confrontation and and i i think i have decided that it's not a pawn but it's a battleground and that in fact what you have is the two of them each tr- you know each side's trying to control and influence the the struggle for democracy versus uh, a kind of uh, security for china china looks at hong kong and says we want security the United States looks at Hong Kong and it says, "We want a democratic system, we want a more open system, and part of the reason for that is the hope, and this has always been I think an important part of the hope the hope that Hong Kong will be the tail that wags the dog, that Hong Kong will be as a democratic society, which most of us you know would support, but that in the in the big game of u s china um, that that Hong Kong would play a role in undermining the rule of the communist party in china and helping to transform china into a democratic system
3: all right hong kong is the mosquito that bites the well more than a
0: mosquito i think of hong kong as kind of an open you know a portal right right i mean if you're sitting in beijing and you're looking down you see this portal and there's this territory that's your sovereign territory but you can't have Security agents in there officially, but the United States has the CIA, the Brits have M, M- you know, M5. So, so it becomes again uh, a, a battle of intelligence forces going on. It, it is sovereign Chinese territory, you know. Yet the, the Chinese did promise to leave it alone, basically, for for 50 years, and I understand that. But if you're sitting in Beijing, you kind of feel this, this. Open wound, this kind of portal that Americans can come into, that the foreigners can come into, and then you get this massive protest in the society. Understandable, given the the whole way that the the extradition law was introduced, but you get you know, and, and the feelings of Hong Kong people. But you get this massive protest in Hong Kong, um, and the Americans are saying it should go on, don't suppress it, it's good, and now we get back to the sort of Americans not criticizing the violence of the of the protesters, but the Americans are there pushing it, supporting it, you know, past punishing China for trying to to bring an end to the violence and and um, and China just feels like it 's so vulnerable
3: but everyone 's you know, used Hong Kong that. for intelligence purposes for as long as I can remember
0: sure, but i don 't think it's no. so part of its intelligence, part of it is that the Ministry of state security. Uh, Has had people in Hong Kong. They want, but they're, you know, one of the things about this law would give them the chance to officially set up their offices. I think it's been much harder for them, you know, to come in. Uh, I don't know where they stay, where they work, where they headquarters. Uh, I mean, the CIA knows where it headquarters. It can headquarter in uh, in the U.S. consulate uh, or
3: across uh, the road. Yes
0: all across the road. But in any case, I see this, you know, I started flipping this into the similar kinds of things to, as as Xinjiang, right? And this is sort of the mentality to a certain extent. You can, you know, your, your listeners are free to uh, see it in a negative way. I'm just trying to see it, right? And, and I, I see this very much as Xinjiang, right? That in Xinjiang, the Chinese look at Xinjiang and what do they see? They see radical Islam, coming into a part of their territory that they can't control all that well right and it's coming in and it's bringing in a separatist ideology and when they look down at hong kong what do they see they see democracy and it's infiltrating into hot strongly forces not even infiltrating it's strongly part of the the ethos of hong kong it's what people actually believe uh Lot of people believe in it, but they look down and they see that. And, and in both cases, here they are trying to rise. to you know, seas trying to, you know, rejuvenate the Chinese nation. He's got these territories along the southern edge where, where there's separatism. There's uh, his voice. Support for separatism is voiced uh, ideologies that are opposed to Beijing's ideology, rightly or wrongly. Same kind of thing in Taiwan. But I, you know, the, the, does this sound coherent? I mean, I've been. You know, it's a little provocative.
4: But, no, okay, okay. Uh, is that I mean, if Hong Kong is a battleground you've been describing, what about, what about us? What about the people of Hong Kong? Are we the refugees who are getting, you know, hit from both sides kind of thing, or do we play a part? Well,
0: I think they're, I think we're all active players because, to a certain extent, we've taken sides. Or not all people, but to a certain extent, people have taken sides. Right. Thirty five percent of the people and the people who are sending in some of your emails and some of your texts, uh, the majority, the, the, the many of the power holders in Hong Kong, certainly the government and the business elite, they've taken a side in this battle to a certain extent. And they've taken the side of China um, that uh, you should have the national security of the United States should be not allowed to run around freely. No foreign interference, right? Americans should not be allowed to run around freely, and mobilize or support or even, you know, have some influence in, in Hong Kong. Versus, you know, China saying, you know, the, the, I mean, you, you, you're pretty good at playing in the middle. I mean, not playing, but being in the middle. I mean, that's your job, right? And, and Mike too. But, but there's a lot of people in the Democratic camp who who are a part of this battle. You know, I mean, Martin, uh, you know, Martin Lee's a good friend of mine. I'm a good friend of Anson Chance, but they do run off to Washington. You know, and I do often say to them, I don't understand why they do that. They invite this kind of interference that has led to China saying, look, we cannot have that. You know, this is our sovereign territory. Uh, You know, you can say all the criticism you want, the heavy hand, all of that. You know, my job as a China scholar is to try and. Understand what's going on, and I look at this situation, and and that's that's how I've seen it over the last two three days as I've been thinking about it.
3: Well, of course, it's been not just Anson and Martin, and and not just Washington. It's also been London, and it's been Joshua Wong and other sure, leaders. Joshua
0: does this, sure. And and you're going to talk to people. Um, uh, you know what's his name from Florida, uh, Ted T- Cruz. You know, who, people uh, he's who Texas, isn't he? Marco laws. Rubio,
3: Florida. Marco
0: Rubio. You go and you talk to Marco Rubio, and Marco Rubio introduces laws that will punish China for ex- what they would see as exercising their sovereign right within a territory that's part of their nation. Right. Right? Um, now, that doesn't mean that I support the national security law, uh, and certainly not the way that they've introduced it. But from their perspective, they waited 23 years. And here's, you know, here's Joshua Wong running off, talking to these guys who are actively interfering in China's internal, from their perspective, internal affairs at a time when they feel quite weak. You know, that was the thing about the South China Morning Post article I did over the weekend. And I'm of the view that this is not China being, you know, we're healthy, America's weak, the world's in trouble, and this is our moment to go for it. I look at it much more as God. We're in trouble. Right? Our economy is not very good. We've still got the virus running around. Fifteen uh, percent unemployment among youth. Uh, if if Hong Kong youth continue to protest and it becomes violent over the summer, you know there's going to be a potential for a spillover effect among youth in Hong Kong, uh, youth in China. Uh, the Belt and Road is in trouble. Uh, China's Africa policy isn't doing so well. Uh, the war, Europe's furious at them, right? Yeah, you were
4: saying that, yeah, you were saying that the Chinese. Actions were motivated by fear rather than, 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 than arrogance. Um, uh, I Correct. mean, yeah, I mean, we can, you know, talk about the national security legislation. And perhaps, you know, we should talk about it in the context of lots of other things that are going on at the same time, uh, including, you know, what's happened in LegCo, what's happening with the exam authority, what's happening with the new police attitude, what's happening with RTHK. Um, you know, there's obviously a change of approach to uh, from the authorities towards dissent. Uh, what they perceive as right. dissent in, in in Hong Kong—that's that's that's, pre- that's pretty obvious. There is a there is well, a there is a broader change. A but uh, uh, yeah, so what I wanted to know is: do they do they? Is there a like a, a, a game plan? Is there a long term vision? Is there that hearts and minds or will China. be changed, or hearts and minds don't matter, um, or that you've just got to—is this a power play? You know, you just flex your muscles, or what do they think that people in Hong Kong will will feel and will do?
0: I, I think they're hopeful they're hoping that the people in Hong Kong will finally get the message and just back back off and that they that the I think they're trying to split the two camps uh, within the uh, the opposition movement the camp that resorts to violence and uh, the two million to three million peaceful protesters uh, who support a more open system and my my guess is that the law is actually targeted at trying to get rid of the the supporters of violence and independence, uh, and hope and hope that the but then, middle but class then, the I, moderates I, I, that they yeah. will just learn to live with a slightly constrained society but then the you look at you
4: look at you, uh, you look at you look at those uh, arrests of the 15 uh, pro-democracy leaders and they were sure. they were moderate dem, democrats by and large weren't they and they were um you know people like sinjun kai who are pretty harmless <laughs>
0: well except <laughs> in that, except many that martin does go off to the u.s right. but sure
4: yes, sure no, sure but they that. were you know in the scale of things they they right. were moderate well, leaders and they were they were singled out yeah no i
0: that's a good counter argument to my argument, um, you know, that, that that's and that's always the risk of this, which is that there'll be this spillover as well into the moderate camp, you know, um, that uh, and people in the moderate camp will feel really threatened. I think in the perfect world, they would like to ha- in the perfect world. They would like to be able to introduce national security law. And, you know, they still can't figure out why Hong Kong young people don't love the mainland. <laughs> you know, but, I wrote this piece recently yes. um, uh, that came out called Familiarity Breeds Contempt. Um, you know, and the, and the more that young people... I look back a year ago, the SCMP had this article about this girl who went up to China. She loves Chinese art and culture. She came back and she says, I don't want to deal with that. You know, David, David uh,
3: there's terrible. One, one question about the Chinese narrative that I must ask you very quickly. Ten seconds. Sure. That Beijing is punishing punishing Hong Kong, being hard on Hong Kong people. That's the narrative. So let's punish Hong Kong as well. Uh, that part of the American narrative doesn't make any sense to me, anyway.
0: What? The, the, the Americans punishing Hong Kong? Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I think that that I think that uh, the the Americans. Well, but the Americans are trying to be. Pretty careful on their own. I mean, their goal, if you look at what they've actually articulated, is no uh, extradition, right? So they're saying, well, you can't, we're not going to extradite anybody to Hong Kong because they, who knows, with the extradition law, they could wind up in China, so we're not going to do that. Uh, Dual use technology, which they see much more, I mean, that would be the smart thing, right? I was asked, and so there's a couple of things that makes, that you could understand the US would do, but but to really whack Hong Kong, to, to undermine the finances, I mean
4: it, it, Okay, this is we're, we're, we're out of time Thank you very much indeed for joining us, uh, David on the line there, I think from uh, Toronto Elsie uh, Lang will be uh, joining us uh, after the news uh, at 9 o'clock uh, standing by to answer your questions, give us a call uh, The weather hot with sunny periods, 30 degrees now, humidity 77%
3: Protesters confronting the security forces in cities across Iran.
2: You're listening to the news on RTHK.
4: Welcome back. This is Back Chats on a Monday morning. First one of the month, first one of the week. Mike Rouse is your co-host. Uh, we're talking about aspects of the national security law. We were talking to uh, David Zweig in the first part of the programme and talking, uh, uh, touching on uh, events in the United States as well. Uh, between now and 9.30, we're joined by Elsie Lung, who's the Deputy Director of the Hong Kong Basic Law Committee and the former Secretary for Justice. Uh, if you want to put your questions or talk directly to Ms Lung, then give us a call, 233-882. 266 is the number. Uh, Or you can email backchat at rthk.hk or you can comment on our Facebook page in question on our Facebook page. That's Backchat and RTHK Radio 3. A lot of emails. um, uh, Let's deal with some of the ones about America first. uh, But I will have to edit for length. Jay says, where are the hypocritical pro-Democrats? Some mention of the police violence in the US, rubber bullets, pepper spray, shooting pellets at reporters uh, uh, and so on, all against peaceful protesters. And on top of that, Trump saying shooting would start when the looting starts and boasting about his vicious dogs would not be remiss at today's back chat. For those snowflakes, wokes and sorry apologists for the vandalism and wanton violence in Hong Kong last year and the shameless Hong Kong people waving US flags, let's bring in the US police to help. Ha ha. That comes from Jay. Paisley says perhaps Trump will blame China for George Floyd's death and the subsequent riots across uh, America. Uh, Anthony says why Xinjiang is now more peaceful than Minneapolis. Uh, he also says Fox News and RTHK called the people in RTH in I'm sorry in Hong Kong vandalizing, arsening, lynching, assaulting police and racists against Chinese protesters, while Fox News now called the people in the US doing such demanded Uh, ...yet anti-racism rioters. In RTHK Chinese news, they even call the rioters civilians to create disinformation... While in Hong Kong, the mobs and pan-demolition quack politicians can only keep creating fake news of unlawful killing to fuel hatred. Anthony also says, With the national security and so-called democratically elected president, the government will greet the rioters with the most vicious dogs and ominous weapons. And as many pro-demolition quack politicians and supporters are seeking help from Trump to sanction the Hong Kong government who doesn't have vicious dogs, ominous weapons and military force yet. Uh, Drake says to all listeners who had to bear the sophistries from the commie lackeys this morning, there's one common weakness consequences and responsibility. Police knelt in prayer with protesters, mayors apologized. The bad apples of the cops were prosecuted for murder. None of these happened in Hong Kong for over a, go- a year. So there you go. No justice, uh, no peace. Uh, uh, Matthew says, I was excited to hear caller Anthony was on the line on Friday. Hope he tries again. Uh, On another note, we see the CCP propaganda machine uh, attempting to make much of the U.S. unrest with distorted comparisons to Hong Kong. However, I think they may need to be cautious and inviting to too close a comparison. For example, one key difference is that people in America and the world are watching uncensored visuals of the U.S. situation live with uncensored commentary from all different perspectives. I'm not sure that happened in mainland China during the Hong Kong unrest, or the many city-level protests or riots which regularly occur in mainland China. I suspect that the more trouble the Donald has at home, and the more the CCP tries to use that against him, the more aggressively he will go after the CCP as a way to distract attention from domestic troubles. That comes uh, from uh, Matthew. Uh, thank you very much indeed for, for those comments. Uh, and Once again, our email backchat at rthk.hk. Um, Lang, good morning to you.
5: Good morning thank Hill. you very much
4: indeed for for joining us let's go, can we go straight into some questions from that have that have uh, come from uh, listeners uh, so we'll, we'll dive straight into this okay here's one from Derek uh, who says under the national security law can we still talk about sensitive topics on backchat like Hong Kong independence can we still have the June the fourth candlelight vigil can we still post images of Winnie the Pooh on social media those questions from Derek Ms. Lung?
5: yes. Um, Hugh, may I first of all correct that I'm no longer the Deputy Director of the Hong Kong Basic Law Committee? I apologize. Various is. Um, no, it's okay. Um, regarding the uh, worry of your um, audience regarding uh, the loss of freedom and rights uh, of the people um, as a result of the passing of promulgation of the um, National uh, of the law for establishing and improving um, the legal system and um, enforcement mechanism uh, in Hong Kong SAR for safeguarding uh, national security, um, I think that um, if, um, if people will look at the decision and the explanatory no, the explanation uh, given by Mr. Wang Chen. That is the deputy, the vice chairman of the um, National People's Congress, uh, they should be rest assured that uh, such um, freedom and rights um, for uh, calling for independence uh, um, and um, Having independence of Hong Kong and, and June 4th and so on, those would not be prohibited per se. But if those acts um, coupled with other activities, uh, then I am not sure Um because. In presenting the draft decision to the National People's Congress, Mr. Wang Chen particularly uh, set out the principles which must be followed when the uh, National pe- the, the Standing Committee of the NPC uh, will promulgate the law. One of which is that um, they should not infringe the rights and freedom, the rights of the Hong Kong people. Now, if you look at the national law, uh, national security law, um, applicable to mainland China, it also emphasized that in exercise of the um, uh, in the exercise of the, their um, power for, um, for enforcement of the law, they must not exceed their authority, they must not abuse their power. And also that um, in the um, Uh, in the uh, execution of the duties they must not infringe the right of the people Um, and if people's freedoms or rights have to be restricted um, such restriction must be reasonable furthermore in Hong Kong we are protected by the Chapter 3 of the Basic Law which protects the fundamental rights and freedoms of citizens and that um, uh, we also have the Hong Kong Bill of Rights um, Ordinance uh, which um, set out the um, rights and fundamental rights and freedoms which we enjoy um and um, also that uh, we, we we are well conversant with this that uh, these rights are not absolute and may be restricted but it can must be the restriction must be prescribed by law and must be um necessary um and proportionate to the purpose for which they are in, imposed so um i think in So far as our legal system is concerned, uh, our rights and freedoms will be well protected and shall remain intact um, after the promulgation of the law.
4: All right, here's another email. This is from uh, Richard, who says, uh, Ms Lung, can you confirm or deny, as if you were under oath, whether or not mainland security agents have been operating in Hong Kong in recent years?
5: no i'm sorry i'm i'm a normal citizen like you and 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 david um i i do not know how the 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 government operates i retired more than 12 years ago and i also retired from the um uh, post of the uh, deputy director of the national people's congress uh the 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 basic law committee when you were secretary for justice
4: were there uh, mainland security agents operating in hong kong
5: um As you know, as the secretary for justice, um, that is not within my portfolio. I think the security bureau, which would have more knowledge about things of this kind. So you you don't know, or you're saying yes or no? I can't say yes or no because I don't know.
4: You don't know. Okay. All right. This is from uh, any uh, question from uh, Professor Carol Peterson, uh, formerly of the uh, uh, the uh, Department of Law in uh, Hong Kong University, now in Hawaii. Professor Peterson says, in my view, the key question uh, is whether the new national security law will comply with the ICCPR. In 2003, the Hong Kong government was willing to add clauses to the legislation to make it clear that the Article 23 legislation was not intended to carve out any exceptions to Article 39 of the Basic Law, or to the promise in the signed British Joint Declaration that the ICCPR will continue to be enforced through the laws in Hong Kong. Is this still the case? The question will likely be asked this summer by the UN Human Rights Committee when it draws. Asks it's lists of issues for the review of Hong Kong's most recent report on compliance with the ICCPR. So the Hong Kong government should be prepared to answer it. Well,
5: uh, in 20, uh, 2003, um, the power of the legislation was vested with the Hong Kong SAR government, and um, that we were sure where where we are going, where we were going to. But um, the current, um, the the proposed legislation will be promulgated by the um, Standing Committee of the National People's Congress, and we have to wait until we see the draft bill. However, from what I've said, um, both in the mainland and in Hong Kong, um, in the enforcement of national security, um, there should not be any infringement of the people's fundamental rights and freedoms. And um, uh, as I said, um, uh, we are well protected by Chapter 3 of the Basic Law, as well as the Hong Kong Bill of Rights
4: Ordinance. OK, on, on those protections, I guess, Robert says, Miss Lung, uh, you uh, reportedly said no one in Hong Kong has been punished for something they published. You know that is not correct, and there wouldn't be a single person in the city who doesn't know the Causeway Bay bookshop affair. Why
5: would you say that? comes from Robert. The... Um, the uh, Causeway Bay bookstore um uh, operator uh, was not prosecuted or um punished for any offense which happened in Hong Kong um when you do business um or, or carry on activities in the, the place which um, is outside Hong Kong you must um follow the the, the laws of that place and whatever happened in the mainland, firstly, we are not sure. And secondly, I think whosoever carrying on business, um, uh, carrying on activities um, in a place, uh, he must observe the law of that place.
4: All right. This is from uh, G, who says, Please ask Elsie Long whether the basic law is also a national law. Uh, if we look at how the state has observed national law, we can all make our own judgment as to whether we should have any confidence in what our leaders
5: say. Uh, well, I think one country, two systems has been accepted as the best solution for the reunification of Hong Kong with China, and um, it it was so when it uh, when it was promulgated in 1990, and it was so in 1997, and still today, a uh, majority of the people believe that that is the best solution. And the Basic Law is this constitutional instrument that say that that ensure that one country, two system, uh, would apply and continue uh, to be practiced in Hong Kong. So um, I, I I don't think that I mean if you have no confidence in it, then it's difficult to convince you. But if you look at all the protection given by the Basic Law, I don't think you should doubt about it.
4: Anthony in an email says. Uh, If the national security is in force, is it still safe in Hong Kong to fabricate disinformation to confuse the audience, like RTHK writing about the police-attacked civilians instead of the police-quelled mobs with force? Anyway, I was one of the staunch opponents of Article 23 back then. Looking back, I was so naive – All this reminds me of Bertrand Russell's quote on avoiding foolish opinions. Don't fear to be eccentric in opinion, for every opinion now accepted was once eccentric. Can anyone tell me who was in charge of the secret police special unit before the 1997 handover? Uh, That's from uh, Anthony. Uh, Okay, Um, That's
3: more of a comment, really. Yes. Mike, do you have a question? Yes, I do. Good morning, Elsie. Uh, Good morning, mate. It's, it's terrific to see you on on the show and uh, and the other studio. Albeit, um, there was some comment to the effect that maybe foreign judges couldn't be involved in implementation of a national security law. Has has that idea melted away, or is that is that still in the background somewhere?
5: Well, I think there's always some people making. Them- are all sorts of suggestions, but that would be against the provision of the basic law. You recall that in the basic law, there are provisions to say that uh, judges may be uh, recruited from other law jurisdictions and those the judges who served Hong Kong before 1997 may continue to hold the office notwithstanding their nationalities. So uh, I don't think that um, um, uh, this would be uh, an issue in the enforcement or implementation of the national security law. So was- I think the, yeah. Such suggestion would be against the basic law. That was just someone floating
3: an idea um, and and speaking, uh, not authoritatively.
5: Well, I think um, they worry about the question of um, uh, loyalty. Yes. Now, when judges assume office, they have to take a judicial oath, which say that they would be they would hold uh, uh, they would pledge allegiance to the. Um, Hong, the People's Republic of China and also Hong Kong. They are. Ah, um, we do not force um, foreigners to love China or to love Hong Kong. But if they assume that judicial post, they have this responsibility which they promise when taking office. Uh,
4: you know, you're you're emphasising the the strength, the continuing relevance of the of the Basic Law, but the Basic Law. Specifies the how national security legislation will be brought to Hong Kong, and that's through Article Twenty Three, and that's not being done.
5: No, I don't and think that's Article
4: Twenty Three says it will be done on on its own by the people in, by Hong Kong.
5: I don't think that's correct because um, national security is certainly a matter outside our autonomy. Um, the basic law in 1990 um, set out Article 23 to assure but, people but, uh, that... Correct me if I'm wrong, sorry. The Article, mm. article 23 says that uh,
4: legislation on, on, on national security will be introduced by Hong Kong.
5: Yes, it's not on national security, but also only specific acts like uh, treason, subversion, secession, uh, sedition, uh, leakage of, of uh, state secret, etc. Those, nas- those are aspects of national security. This, those are aspects, but they are not all the aspects of national security, which is the responsibility and um, of the central people's government. It certainly matters. Well, the subversion then. What? secession? Su- Subver- Subversion. subversion, yes, subversion is. But, but the point is, we haven't done so for the past twenty-five years. Okay, well, the that's a different argument. You, you,
4: you accept, you accept that the basic law says that laws on that laws relating to subversion should be introduced by Hong Kong on its own, and that is not being done now. Well. Uh,
5: that the, the point is that has not been done. The point is that but because it is the um, Central People's Government's responsibility to have an overall control of, na- of national security, and uh, Hong Kong was entrusted but, with it. So duties. you accept that it's not. Hasn't, you, you accept it, that? Hasn't perform, it hasn't okay. performed. It hasn't performed its duty, sure, sure. and therefore it doesn't mean that what you, Hong Kong, doesn't yeah. do it, and the, the Central People's Government should not
4: do it. Okay. What I'm suggesting is there's, there's, a, there's a there's a there's a how and there's a why. Uh, we're not talking kind of about the the. the Motive. We, we, uh, th- I mean, flatly, uh, the basic law says that Hong Kong will introduce, should introduce laws on subversion. And now they're being introduced by Beijing.
5: That's so because, because we haven't
4: done it. Well, for whatever reason. I'm saying for whatever reason. And you can argue about... Whose fault that is, uh, you know? And, of course, as a senior government official, um, you know... No, I'm no longer a senior government official. Okay, also. but as a, somebody, you know, this has been around for many years, and, of course, there's been a majority in the Legislative Council for the pro-establishment forces for many years and so on. There were, there were opportunities. So we can talk, you know, we can go back and forth about the motive. But on the face of it, correct me if I'm wrong there is a, a flat contradiction the, the basic law says laws on subversion have to be introduced by hong kong and they're not being introduced by hong kong
5: well the fact that we have failed to do it doesn't mean that the national security should not be protected
3: yes i i i'm going to disagree with my co-host here it, it, this, is, this is something that we failed to do for 30 years we had seven I years it's, okay, and <laughs> then 23 since then i don't Hanover. think you're disagreeing with me i don't think you're disagreeing yeah, with me we should have done it we, sure. we shouldn't. We and we failed to do it. We we can't. We could have failed the way things were going. We were going to fail for the whole fifty years. And then what? No national security legislation at all. Well, and national security <laughs> would be endangered. But that's. But you can't break the law and say, "Oh well." <laughs> it, it, <laughs> does, it doesn't say it can only be done by Hong Kong. It you, empowers you, uh, the uh, SAR government again.
4: Again, you know this. You can't break the law because it's. Because of political circumstance or inconvenience or no, something, it's not isn't that the argument? That.
5: No, because the, even for historical reasons, you change the law. That's how the law works. No, because um, the Hong Kong is the special administrative region directly under the Central People's Government. Mm-hmm. Now, Central People's Government has the overall control of the, of Hong Kong, subject to the performance of the Basic Law. If you fail to do it, and then you say that the Central People's Government should not do it, and just let national security it, how could that hold the hold watches?
4: Well, because because the Article 23 says that you must do
5: this. And you haven't done it.
4: Yeah, well then, well, why not? I mean, uh, you, you can do it. There's nothing to, to stop you doing it. But that doesn't mean that you can therefore, uh, uh, you know, from nowhere legislate on the same issue in direct contradiction of Article 23, which says this has to be done on its own by Hong Kong. You
5: can't rely on your own failure, your own fault. To say that um, you have the right to do it and that nobody else should do it mm. it's it's a it's an entitlement
3: it on its own. But it's an entitlement, it's an opportunity, uh, 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 which we, we missed. Uh, okay,
4: as I say, you can talk yes. about the, 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 the motivations and the history and, uh, and who to blame uh, uh, and so on. But at the very least, you understand why people are concerned about this. I certainly um, understand, but it, yeah. we
5: cannot rely on our own fault.
4: And, and of course, also given the way that the national security law is used uh, in the mainland. It has meaning. a very, very broad beef, as you, brief, as you know, and the, we've learned from the national education days and so on that national security is a part of everyday life, that an act as simple as planting a tree can be understood as an act of national security. That no, national I don't secu- think so. Well, I, I'm sorry, these are, these, are things that, these are things that came up <laughs> during the national education, uh, national security education days, which we've instituted in, in Hong Kong. Um, you know, it has a very, very broad beef in the mainland. So again, that's that's why people are concerned about its applicability in Hong Kong. No, do you
5: I don't Understand think that?
0: That's...
5: Yes, uh, I understand the concern. But the point is, if you have no um, confidence in our own system, uh, then forget about the one country, two systems. Why?
3: Why didn't we do in between two thousand and three and two thousand and twenty? I understand what went wrong in 2003 yes. a bit, because I was already here. But couldn't, we, we seemed to get quite close, actually, in 2003. Um, a number of changes were agreed by the administration. Yeah. The first draft maybe was pretty awful, but a number of changes were agreed by the administration. Couldn't we have resumed that conversation in 2005 or 2006 when things were calmer? Couldn't couldn't we have done more to honour our
5: commitment or honour our
3: take advantage of our opportunity to do this on our own?
5: <laughs> yes, Mike. Both you and I were in the, the government in 2003, but I left in 2005 at the end of the year. And since then, I can't say why the government hasn't done it. What we heard is from time to time, people raising the question of two oh three and say that uh, any um, les- Article 23 legislation that would uh, cause harm to Hong Kong with the us of freedom and so on. And the government said that we must create... Um, An atmosphere, uh, proper uh, circumstances in Hong Kong, so that we may uh, proceed with the legislation, but I don't see any attempt uh, to resume, to to revisit the the, um, prospect of legislating for Article 23 since then. Okay some more,
4: some more comments uh, and questions from listeners Bowen says uh, from what Miss Lung has just said since the new law is going to be promulgated by the MPCS whereas article 23 legislation will only be enacted by Legco she seems to be implying that the new promulgated law is higher in pedigree as Priscilla Lung has indeed argued if that's the case there has been an argument that the law promulgated will not be subject to judicial review for the protection of human rights as other legislation enacted by Legco are can Miss Lung confirm if the promulgated law Will be subject to judicial review, just like other legislation enacted by Legco. If not, in what ways will the new promulgated
5: law be treated differently? Now, yeah. first of all, the decision emphasised that, that the government still has the responsibility to enact law under Article Twenty Three. The obligation continues; it's a constitutional. Will, uh, will, will, this,
4: will this new law be subject to
5: judicial review? Um, The the law itself is not subject the decision and the the, the law to be promulgated will not be subject to judicial review, but the implementation of it it in Hong Kong, the acts in carrying out law, that's, of course, subject to the review of the court. The law will not be subject to judicial review? Certainly, because it's a decision made by the... the Well, you're well acquainted with the principle of parliamentary supremacy. Um, The decision and uh, the uh, interpretation of the law and so on um, has binding effect in Hong Kong. That has been upheld in Hong Kong courts.
4: Okay, so it's not subject to judicial review?
5: Yes, the law itself is not subject to judicial review, but the implementation of it. In other words, in carrying out the um, uh, 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 um, prosecution or the measures uh, in the enforcement of the the law, uh, that would be subject to judicial review.
4: OK, uh, uh, let's see. Peter T says, uh, why hasn't Carrie, Le- Carrie Leung taken any sincere steps to bring in Article 23? Uh, I, I presume Carrie Lam. Um, I mean, it was the point of view, that the, 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 this administration, Carrie Lam had repeatedly said this is not the time to introduce this kind of legislation. <laughs> Didn't she?
5: Well, um Carrie Lam has been in office and has been doing a lot of things. First of all, livelihood issues, and uh, they're also um, uh, carrying on about um, infrastructure and so on. And then um, since early uh, last year, uh, she has not been given uh, the opportunity to do it because uh, of the civil unrest. There's even
3: now, in dark corners of of speculation and rumour, And I don't like to swim in those waters, particularly. But some people are now speculating, oh, maybe then this was always a conspiracy, that people knew that Hong Kong would fail to do it. And so Donald and CY and Carrie deliberately didn't bring forward legislation under Article 23 so that eventually Beijing would lose its temper and say, OK, now we're going to do it ourselves.
5: I can't comment for any of them.
3: (laughs) yes i th- i think that that's my job as a columnist okay rather than yours <laughs> uh
4: yeah uh okay uh i think i mean just going back to that point about about uh, the the uh, the attitude of the administration that has been the attitude of of every administration uh since 2003 hasn't it uh that that n- that now is not the time uh and now suddenly the time it is the time Um, Again, people, you understand people are are suspicious, especially when that coincides with um, a change in attitude uh, from the central authorities towards Hong Kong with all kinds of other aspects. People might uh, be justified, might be understandable, that people think, well, what's going on in Hong Kong? There is a change of attitude generally towards Hong Kong and the national security law will be used to uh, crush, dissent and to remove those freedoms to which we've become accustomed in Hong Kong.
5: I don't think that is a, such a, uh, a sudden step um, to, to take measures concerning protection of national security. But look at what happened since um, June last year. There were riots, there was, arson, there was injury to property and um, people. There was attack of legislative council. The rule of law was challenged. And also you can see that it's targeted not only against the Hong Kong government, but it's also targeted against China. Um, So I think the central people's government has the responsibility to take steps and protect national security.
4: Tam Yu-chung said that, uh, or was quoted as saying that um, uh, holding a, or flying a a colonial flag uh, wouldn't be lawful under the proposed legislation. Uh, Do you agree?
5: It all depends on the circumstances under which you um, you you flap the uh, uh, other other countries' um, flags. Um, I think that it is not just the, um, uh, the the attitude, but also the activities or behaviour that counts. Uh, at June the fourth, uh, typically there are
4: calls for the end of one-party dictatorship uh, in in the mainland. Would
5: that be allowed to continue under the new law? This is a false premises because even in China, it is not one-party rule. Um, it's multi-party. So that would be no problem? No, it all depends on the circumstances under which the uh, slogan is, ch- is chanted. Uh,
4: sorry, it, it, could you... Well, you know the circumstances. Uh-huh. We've seen for 30 years those circumstances. Uh-huh. Um, people stand there and they say that they want the end of one-party rule, what
5: they call one-party rule... Uh, in the mainland. Would that be legal? If it's a peaceful demonstration, I don't think that, that they still have the right under the Basic Law. But if that is coupled with circumstances which would cause um, um, acts of um, violence or things like that, uh, maybe I, we, we still have to see the draft uh, law uh, when, promulg- when prepared by the MPCSC. Um, but I think that, that it has been emphasised in the decision. And it also that we are well protected uh, by the um, Basic law and the Hong Kong Bill of Rights ordinance that their rights and freedom would not be eroded. So, I mean, the circumstances of those rallies,
4: you know, over the 30 years or whatever have been peaceful. So, you're saying that that would be permitted?
5: Yes, look at those uh, demonstrations which took place in in year. It all started with peaceful demonstration and they were allowed to go on. But look what happened afterwards it until it, it changed its nature. So I can't say that, uh, that just by uh, holding the um, uh, and of course there are other issues, for example, uh, at the moment we have COVID19, then uh, apart from the, um, the national security law, you still have other reasons why such um, gatherings should not be held
4: again you understand people might be concerned when you when you on one hand you offer these uh, you know sort of blanket reassurances that everything will be fine we will still have the protections that we're used to from the basic law and on the other hand when you're asked about specifics you say well we don't know because we don't know the details of the law so you seem to be <laughs> trying to have it both ways.
5: Yes although we don't see the details of the law but the principles which the um, NPCSC has to follow are set out clearly in the examination um, and also to look at our courts um, the court has been dealing with um, our fundamental rights from time to time and has always been seen to be upholding uh, the, the, uh, the, all these rights.
4: Okay, well, Mr. So thank you very much indeed for, for joining us, former uh, Secretary for Justice. Uh, thank you very much indeed. Mike, many thanks to you. Of course, the uh, other thing that's, here yeah. that's changed
3: is that America has effectively declared war on China. So it's not just. You ask why now, which is a perfectly good question. The fact is, America is challenging China in every dimension it can imagine. Okay.
4: Alright, uh, sorry to uh, that We had a lot more emails than, than we had time for This morning, although I uh, did my best In, uh, in reading them out uh, Maybe I'll try and uh, summarise some of them uh, tomorrow Many more relating to uh, the events In the United States uh, Ms Lang, thank you very much indeed, that's it for the programme today Back at 8.30 tomorrow, leaving thank you me now with the weather Hot with sunny periods and a few showers Isolated thunderstorms in the morning Temperatures up to about 32 degrees During the day, the outlook hot with sunny periods And a couple of showers in the next couple of days 30 degrees at the moment, and the relative humidity Now it's 77%. Hi, I'm Lazy Lion. To fight this pandemic, take preventive measures when commuting. Avoid rush hours and busy times, and take advantage of flexible working hours. Wear a mask when taking a ride. If possible, open the windows to ventilate the vehicle. Clean your hands with liquid soap and water or alcohol-based hand rub after using public transport or touching public facilities. Social distancing can help prevent the spread of COVID-19. Tips for you and me to prevent COVID-19. 934, the News Now with Samantha Butler.
2: A deputy director of the Basic Law Committee says she has no inside information about Beijing's proposed national security law for Hong Kong. Maria Tam noted that the National People's Congress Standing Committee had yet to be given the wording of the bill and she only knew what she read through the media. She urged people to express their views about the law but indicated it was pointless to oppose it. Manila is coming out of one of the world's longest and strictest coronavirus lockdowns, but certain restrictions will remain. Businesses and shops in the Philippine capital are allowed to reopen and most public transport will start to run again, but schools, tourist sites and dine-in restaurants will remain closed. And crowds of protesters have gathered for a sixth day